This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to a very special Mother's Day edition of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. I'm thrilled for you to join me along with guests like Winona Judd, Leanne Womack, Ashley McBride, and others as we discuss how their mothers have influenced their cooking, their music, and their way of life. If you'd like to hear these interviews in full, subscribe to our program and dig through our previous episodes for more talk about what being Southern is all about. Kicking us off this week is a conversation I had with Darius Rucker. Within the last year of the pandemic, as we've seen firsthand how important nurses are to the well-being of our country, there's been a lot of well-deserved attention given to those who have been on the front lines every day. As Darius tells me, he learned all about compassion and empathy by watching his mom care for everyone around her, whether they were a patient or a family member. So were you encouraged by your mom or your family to sing as a kid, or was that not something to, that came until later? No, my mom always encouraged me to sing. My mom was a great singer. I never really pigeonholed music like a lot of people do. I never said I can listen to that or I can't listen to that. It was always I listened to what I liked. I never decided what I liked until I heard it. Yeah. You know, and, and growing up, you know, where I grew up, it was times, even from family members, where, you, you know, you, you get a lot of grief because, you know, why are you listening to that white boy music? You know, I've heard that, a, you know, as a kid, I heard that a million times. And my mom would always get take off for me, always tell him to leave me alone, don't bother him, let him listen to what he wants to listen to. And, you know, it all paid off in the end, I think. And your mom was pretty busy, right? She was a nurse at the Medical University of South Carolina. Yeah, she worked really hard. You know, you're trying to feed five, six kids, you know, working doubles and stuff like that. She worked really hard, but she was... She was a great mom. She was always there for us. She was, you know, when she came home, no matter how tired she was, if she wanted some time or attention, she was always there to give it to you. Well, you know, I mean, right now we see the nurses are on the front lines more than ever with everything that's going on. I'm just wondering, what are some things that you learned from your mom about what it takes to be a nurse? Oh, compassion, you know. Compassion is, is something that she just really instilled to us, and empathy for other folks. All the stuff that I do with charity comes from my mom, that nurse's mentality of helping people. She always wanted to help people in the neighborhood. She wanted to help her friends. She wanted to help my friends. You know, she was always that helper, and I learned, I learned a lot of that because she probably became a nurse because she was that way. She just wanted to help people, and that's what nurses do. In this clip from last fall, former American Idol star Lauren Elena talks about putting her appreciation for her mom into song, which became her first big hit. And what about your mom? Is there a lot of music on her side as well? Yeah, my mom is actually a really good singer as well. We were like the karaoke family. We loved karaoke night. We did karaoke every chance we could. My mom is just, she's so spunky and loves to sing and loves to dance. So I think I'm like the perfect blend of my parents. I had an appreciation for music from a very young age. So Lauren, you, you had a big hit called Like My Mother Does. Yeah. And there's a line in there that says, when I look at her, I think I want to be just like that. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys have in common? 
she's just really kind and caring. I would say I got, not that my dad's not. My dad is definitely kind and caring. I just told you he can cry at the drop of a hat about me. But my dad's the funny guy. He's the life of the party. He's really funny. And my mom is the nurturer. She's very compassionate and caring. And she's just really loving. My mom is just a really morally sound person. That song was really special the first time I heard it. I cried because I was like, I gotta, I gotta sing this song for my mama because I look up to her so much. I've got really good parents to look up to. Trading family recipes is like its own language here in the South. And even in the age of Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook, it was nice to hear that Leanne Womack's mom is still passing on her specialties the old-fashioned way. Did your mom have any kind of favorites or standouts that you remember? Well, she made Watergate salad, which everybody from that era did, you know. Do you know what that is? I don't. (laughs) Well, Watergate salad has um, Cool Whip and pistachio pudding mix and crushed pineapple and um, I'm not trying to think of what else. Anyway, Watergate, oh, and little, little tiny, <laughs> <laughs> little tiny marshmallows. Oh my, it is so good. So there's all kinds of, of things that, that Southern girls make with Jello and Cool Whip. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that's one of them. Um, and then she would make no-bake cookies, which has like peanut butter and oatmeal and chocolate and stuff in them. And her pound cake uh, is really famous around here. In fact, the neighbor uh, saw me out on the street the other day and said, hey, can I get your mom's pound cake recipe? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I still haven't taken it to her, but um, I got to run that over there. But that's, that's famous around here. You have it on one of those old recipe cards? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's so funny. It's so funny to say that because when I asked my mom, I said, you know, the neighbor wants your pound cake recipe. And I thought she would just hand me a printout because people are always asking for it. And she went inside and wrote it all down on the cutest little card. (laughs) She is so cute. My mom is so cute. But she did. She wrote it. She's 80 years old. She wrote it out by hand um, because it's sort of like a little gift, you know. Yeah. It just, it means more that way, doesn't it? I guess so. I guess it did. Yeah. I didn't think about it until she handed it to me. and, And yeah, it does. And she's a great cook, like I said. And she um and she sews a lot. In fact, when this whole thing started, I started a business with her because I told her I said you got to stay busy, you got to stay home. So um, we started a a little gift business, and she's been it has been going crazy, and she's been sewing like crazy. Well, she's been making masks, hasn't she? She was making tons of masks and taking them to the hospital and to nurses around here. And we have a nurse that lives next door, and so she has a lot of friends and. I think she made about 200 and something masks by herself and delivered those to to all these places around here. And there's a hospital around here. And finally, um, I started making some cute ones with her. I would go out there and sit with her and, and she taught me to sew when I was a little girl. So I started making some little cute ones that were different. And one looks like the Texas flag and one with Mickey Mouse on it and all these different things. And I just told her, I said, you got to start putting these, you know, on your Etsy site. And it's just, she's been a little busier, I think, than she wanted to be, but it's really cute. We don't, we don't sit around. I've also grown a garden since I've been here. (laughs) We don't sit around. We're busy people. 
<laughs> I mean, your mom sounds very cool. I don't know a lot of 80-year-old women who have an Etsy site and are starting a new business. <laughs> I know, I know, right? She is. She's very cool. <laughs> she, she her, her mother was that way. And we've just, I don't know, that, that's the way we were taught to be. Is there a recipe that she kind of passed down to you that you love to make? Well, the biscuits. The biscuits are the, the main thing because she has this little, with the self-rising flour and everything, this really easy way to kind of do it and have homemade biscuits anytime you want them. And so that's one for sure. And so it's hard to get like real recipes from her. So you really have to kind of get in the kitchen and watch her do it. And so I've tried to, to do that. For her big break, singer-songwriter Tennille Towns moved to Nashville from Canada and found an opportunity to give credit not just to her mother and grandmother, but to women everywhere who farm, ranch, or otherwise help feed our country. So I want to ask you about a particular song called In My Blood, which is a tribute to women working in agriculture. Mm -hmm. There's a line on the video that I saw that says, dedicated to the mothers and daughters who feed the nation. Yes. Did that come from experiences uh, you had growing up? Absolutely, it did. I mean, I grew up surrounded by incredibly strong, empowered women and by men who absolutely respected and let those women be the strong, fierce forces that they are. And so to me, that's just kind of what I always saw. I got to spend, you know, 20 years of of my life with both of my great grandmothers and really just loved kind of getting to hear their wisdom and just learning from their character, I guess. And I see, I see patterns of that in my mamere and in my mom, you know? And so it's kind of fun to, to really honor that through the song. I got invited to write a song, Ram uh, Trucks and, and the FFA were partnering together um, with Farm Her to celebrate 50 years of women in the FFA. And they said, you know, we're kind of wondering if if maybe we could have a song be a part of this project. Would you want to write something? And I instantly got so excited, you know, thinking about the the heritage in my family and and just kind of really imagining women across the whole world literally being a part of feeding all of us. And it just kind of picturing that was a really beautiful thing to get to do in in creating this song, I was really honored to be a part of the project. Continue with Winona Judd, Ashley McBride, Jimmy Allen, and Chidi Kumar after the break. (laughs) 
This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, this slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and we're talking this week with guests about their mothers. Winona Judd has the unique perspective of having performed for decades with her mom. So on top of asking about some of Naomi Judd's favorite dishes, I wanted to know what made their onstage dynamic so special. What were some things that your mom liked to make or that you remember? Wow, that's interesting. My mama was really big on fried bologna. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't very you know, wealthy at the time. We had nothing, and so we bought at the co-op. The thing I remember that she made, and I'm putting it in my cookbook, is uh, she made a thing called chicken continental, and it was that really comfort food with chicken and rice and creamy soup. It's just a, an amazing meal because it has everything you need, and... Let's see, what else did she make? She made things that I don't eat today, but when you're poor, you like soup beans and cornbread is one of my favorite things of all time because she made that. I don't know when's the last time you had soup beans and cornbread, y'all. You know, it's uh, like, wow. Not recently, no. Right. It's weird. Well, I don't know about when you were little, what you remember about food. It's just, I remember we ate, you know what we did then that we don't do now as much as eat uh, seasonally. We just, we did things different back then. So you've been singing with your mom, Naomi, for your whole life. And I'm wondering what some of those early songs were that really clicked with the two of you. Well, we sang a lot about love because we were searching for it. And I would say we were always more interested in that than anything. If you go back and look at lyrics, even in my songs, it's it was really about love, Sid, because we struggled a lot. And I don't have a lot in common with my family. I was always kind of the odd man out, if you will. When you have three women, somebody's going to have to be the funny one, you know, to crack jokes. That was my rule of seeing how much I could get away with making them laugh. I think for me with mom, if we were fussing and if we were disagreeing, which was on a daily basis, because I'm 18 at the time and she's on the bus, you know, who shares a bus with their mother for 10 years? Raise your hand. And so we would go out there and we would look at each other and we would plug into another realm. We sang grandpa. I mean, come on. It was really about that because no matter what was going on in my life as a teenager, we strived for an excellence that we didn't have growing up. You know, we had dysfunction and a lot of things that most families do. And yet we sang and we sang about the hope. That was the thing I remember really wanting, like River of Time. We sing about memories and family and just trying to trying to make it you know trying to survive the process
Two-time James Beard Award semifinalist Chidi Kumar brings an Indian flair to Southern cuisine with her restaurant Garland in Raleigh, North Carolina. When I spoke with Chidi last summer, she explained that as a kid, she found that cooking with her mom was a way for the two of them to bond, despite some traumatic events earlier in her mom's life. Yeah, my mom had also a very fractured childhood, much more traumatic than mine. She was a child in what is now Pakistan, and her family was Hindu or is Hindu. And so they were basically forced to leave. And so she lost her parents and her brother in that migration. A couple of million people died actually in the space of about a year in that transfer This is during the partition. This is the partition, yeah, 1947. So the thing that she held on to also was food memories. And I think that was like the language that she had to connect to her mother and to her childhood. And those times were all wrapped around the village square, the town square had a a grain mill and, you know, a tandoor oven and the aunties that would teach her certain things and the Muslim aunties that would teach her other things. And so the food ritual was so much a part of what she recalled of her childhood. I think the thing that she knew how to impart was food memory and food uh, culture. When we moved to the U.S., I think she wasn't really trying to keep us isolated in this Indian bubble. She knew that her young kids were going to become American. But the food part was the thing that I think she chose was this sort of innocuous ambassador of our culture into our soul. So even though there were times when we were like, can we just please have spaghetti and pizza like normal people? And we did do that sometimes, but she would have to make it in her own way. So, you know, Uh, (laughs) but it was like this language. And I think cooking provided a time to meditate and connect with her own mother and then pass that memory unspoken on because there was so much trauma in it that I think it was it was a cloak of passage, I guess, you know, uh, that that was seemingly very innocuous and gentle and flavorful, but still really patient and deliberate. What were some of those first dishes that really sparked something for you as a cook? That didn't happen till we moved to America. In India, I took uh, the privilege of helping as just like something I got to do because I was too young to actually do it. So it was like, oh, Bobby, my grandmother, let me, you know, put a paranta on the on the skillet. When we moved to America, my tasks became a lot more uh, required um, to help, like help my mom. She was working, so. I, I always go to Rajma, the, the red bean recipe that I've talked about before, and that was in the Southern Living article too. But that was the one thing that like I didn't realize its importance until we moved to America. And I didn't realize how much I loved it. My mom loved to make it. She had a story of her childhood revolving around it. She was She was pretty destroyed when we moved here. She was going through, I think, what is probably PTSD of being displaced again. She was severely depressed and it was like a way of me kind of reaching her. She made something that she loves to make and I loved to eat. So it was this connection that I could have with her um, 
was just trying to make her happy, you know. Um, but then, you know, the, the things like just homestyle chicken curry with a bone, keema. We didn't ever have very elaborate things, not for a long time. I mean, she couldn't even source ingredients for a really long time. So we had to get ground beef or uh, dried beans that were not particularly Indian, maybe pink lentils, something that you could just find in a normal grocery store. And it wasn't until much later that they were able to figure out, you know, if you go to Flushing, you can go to this grocery store and get the spices and get, you know, particular kinds of flowers. But my mom worked a lot. So it wasn't like she was full of this uh, leisurely time to like explore fermentation or anything, you know. ACM and CMA award winner Ashley McBride reminisced with me about her early love of bluegrass thanks to her mom and how she's tried to replicate some favorite meals from growing up. My dad was a preacher the first part of my life, so we learned really quick what Moses looked like coming down from the mountain. Uh, so we were, and mom had that little pinch she could do just right there between her thumb and the front of her finger. She could get under your arm like a ninja. You wouldn't even know she was doing it. Uh, so we knew how to behave, yeah. <laughs> so, so you had a wonderful childhood, it sounds like, but you obviously got an itch at some point and wanted to go somewhere else. When did that start to, uh, to hit you? I started going to bluegrass festivals. Um, I was three days old when I went to my first bluegrass festival. My mom was big in the in the bluegrass uh, world. She had a husband before my father who was killed when they were really young, and he was a bluegrass musician. So she's always been really steeped in all that. So I've always been really steeped in all of that, and I always knew I wanted to do that. They have pictures of me holding a little yellow Telecaster, and it's got like Kermit the Frog on it. I had a little plastic fiddle that had Mickey Mouse on it, and mom would let me go sit at like the front of the stage. I had a little red lawn chair that was all my own, and had a little teddy bear on it, and she would let me drag it up to the front and sit and watch these bluegrass cats play their fingers off. And one day, this band called the Tennessee Gentlemen said, would she like to get up here and kind of sit on the side of the stage while we play? And for a couple of songs, and mom said, oh, she would love that. And I was painfully shy. I would cry if you talked to me. But mom said, do you want to sit on the stage and, and watch them play? And I said, yeah, I do. So I sat kind of stage left behind the bass player. And after their first song, of course, the crowd erupts into applause. And mom said she looked at me to make sure that it hadn't startled me because I was little, little, little. And she said, I looked at you and your eyes lit up and you had the biggest smile. And I thought, oh, Lord, she's going to chase that the rest of her life. So mom knew then that I had the bug. Um, and I think I had it figured out by five or six that I wanted to play music, whether it was for a living or not. I wanted to play instruments and make up songs and stuff. And by the time I was 12, I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville. And wow. I'm going to write songs for a living. And mom was like, I know, I know you will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you had your mind made up early. So who was the cook in your family? My mother is the cook in our family. You know, the only thing, time I've ever seen my dad cook, he warmed up a burger from Sonic one time, like reheated <laughs> it. That's the only cooking I've ever seen him do. Like opening a bag of beef jerky is my father's way of cooking. 
<laughs> he makes a mean cup of instant coffee as well. Uh, but my mom can tell you anything and make it sound good and fix you anything and make it taste good. And when I found out this was called biscuits and jam, I'm sitting here on my couch right now and I can see my refrigerator because my house is also not big now. And my mom makes this freezer jam. And I was watching TV last night about 830 and I thought, I really want a piece of toast with mama's jam on it. So I went and got it out of the freezer and had a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of her other specialties? It might sound cliche, but on Sundays we had fried chicken or pot roast. But my, my favorite kind of stuff that she cooked was um, my dad would go to like Colorado and elk hunt. So we always had wild game. Wow. We all deer hunted for food purposes. So we had a big deep freeze outside that was full of quail, pheasant, venison. There was water buffalo in there. We never hunted a water buffalo, but there was a farm in a neighboring town that that's what they grew was water buffalo. And we swapped, like we traded them, you know, a cow for a water buffalo. Well, you can't um, get that at the Publix. No. And I was so surprised. It didn't taste aquatic at all. Um, it, yeah. So we had a lot of, a lot of wild game and mom was, you know, elk has a smell when, when it, when you cook it. Um, certain meats have certain smells when you cook them and they could be off-putting, but mom, no, it didn't matter what she did with it. If she put ground venison in chili, it was the best chili you ever had. If she happened to have bison for a burger, it was the best burger you ever had. We even, and it's okay if people go, whoa, we cooked a lot of squirrel when I was growing up. We lived 45 minutes from a grocery store. So during the squirrel season, my dad would let me go and get a couple squirrels and show me how to clean them and all that, which, you know, sounds backwards. We did cook them. It's not like we ate them raw or anything. Uh, but sometimes now when people hear you ate rabbit or you ate squirrel, they're like, wow. And I'm like, no, it's just just the kind of the meats we had. But mom was great. This year, I'm 37 years old. I've been trying ever since I was a kid. I can make her mashed potatoes to a tea. It tastes like Marty made it now when I make mashed potatoes. <laughs> And that's not even counting her icing and her homemade cakes. Um, my mom made everything from scratch. And well, as I grew up trying to figure out how to make things besides Easy Mac and how besides warming up a Sonic cheeseburger, that I just couldn't get stuff to taste the way she did. And she would say simple things like, well, did you put vinegar in the water when you boiled the okra? <laughs> no. Why would I think to put vinegar in the water when I boiled the okra? Well, it just helps, honey. <laughs> You didn't tell me about that. <laughs> it's not in the recipe. I didn't know. We'll wrap up today's episode with Jimmy Allen, who divulged that the inspiration for one of his biggest songs comes directly from his mom and grandmother. So, Jimmy, you've got a great song called Warrior that's a tribute to your mother and i think your grandmother too is that right yes i uh, wrote it um it's about my mom and my grandma you know just about how you know strong they are were well i love the lyrics i mean there's a lyric that says she's tougher than she looks heart has a strong right hook what were you thinking when you wrote that song i just think about just kind of everything they've gone through in the midst of life throwing things at them whether it was extra bills whether it was and car accident or medical injury, they always always found a way to bounce back, you know, because my mom's dad, he left uh, my grandmom and four kids when um, my mom and I were young, and he didn't live too far away. He was financially stable, but he did nothing. He just sat there and watched them struggle, watched them 
not have food to eat, watched them have their bills turned off, and he didn't do nothing. And through all of that, my grandma, to the day she died, never talked bad about him. But she found a way to keep a roof over their head. But it's just watching them go through all that, watching my mom. And, you know, she was a nurse, and she got injured at work. She fell down some steps carrying a patient. And she had some slip disc in her back and stuff like that. But still through all that, you know, she managed to find ways to keep money coming in, keep a roof over her head and food on the table. And I kind of pull a lot of my strength from them. So I wanted to write a song that kind of highlighted that, them and their strength. Jimmy, would you mind saying a little bit of that song? She's tougher than she looks. Her heart has a strong right hook for all the hard times we went through. There's nothing she wouldn't do for me and my baby sister. The woman in that picture ain't just a woman in that picture. That's my mama. And I call her a warrior, a fighter, a get back up, a never see dire, keep on getting stronger, a hanging just a little bit longer for every one step back. It's two steps forward. Wow. What a great tribute to them. Oh, yeah, man. I, I I love that song. I don't I don't play it as much as I should or as much as I'd like to, but every time I do play it, it's special. You know, family is such a strong theme in your songwriting and everything that you do. And I'm just wondering, what is it about family stories that lend themselves to great songs? So I feel like everybody has a family, whether your relationship with them is great or not, even in the midst of not having the best relationship with family, man, there's always some sort of good memory that's conjured up, you know, when you hear a song that kind of takes you back. And no matter what you look like or where you're from, you know, when you say, man, you got a, someone in your family you love, someone thinks of a family member, whether it's their parents, their siblings, their grandparents, their uncles, whatever, they think of a family member, you know, and they think of whether it's watching sports. They remember that family member that they would watch sports with. So it's the one thing that intertwines us all. Thanks for listening to our tribute to mothers this week on Biscuits and Jam. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama, and this podcast was produced and edited in Nashville, Tennessee. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or telling your friends about the program. You can find us online at southernliving.com and subscribe to our print publication by searching for Southern Living at www.magazine.store. Biscuits and Jam is produced by Heather Morgan Schott, Chrissy Tiglius, and me, Sid Evans, for Southern Living. Thanks also to Ann Kane, Danielle Roth, Erica Wong, Jim Hankey, Matt Sav, and Rachel King at Pod People. We'll see you back here next week for more Biscuits and Jam. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Mm-hmm.